When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the latest edition of Until Saturday, Strep Throat Edition. Um, I am Ari Wasserman, joined by Dave Ubbin and Sam Kahn, two of my favorite colleagues at The Athletic. Uh, and we are doing what we do every week on Thursday, which is going through um, the big games of the weekend, trying to give some picks, trying to contextualize uh, the hardest thing to do in the world, which is um, look at a game, see it for face value, and then actually get that opinion right about what's going to happen. Um, so, Dave... Big week for you, huh? Good to see you again. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Well, uh, another week, another Texas test. Uh, is there is there anything that you'd like to talk about, like in terms of how big your week was? What are we What are we referring to? I'm lost. You wanted a winner, winner, chicken dinner, oh, baby. Yes. Sorry, excuse me. I was very confused. I thought we were jumping off talking Texas. Yeah. No, uh, we will. We'll get there. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to give you your flowers for winning a really outstanding award before you look like an idiot talking about Texas again. Well, I appreciate it. Yes, uh, our the annual FWA uh, writing contest. Uh, I spent like three months last year writing about uh, the retelling of the Bobby Petrino saga at Arkansas. Mostly the end, but a little bit of stuff in the middle. But uh, that was quite a project. Uh, shout out to Matt Brown for pitching that to me in July. And initially, I'll just give some behind the scenes here. Initially, the idea of the story is there is a very prevalent conspiracy theory surrounding that incident. And we wanted to figure out, is there any truth to that? There is not. I won't say what the conspiracy theory is. You can probably Google it or something. But (laughs) if you've heard it, and a lot of people with very high up in college athletics believe it to be true. It is not true. But we did get a really interesting story. I talked to a lot of people who would know. Um, But what did happen was very compelling. I feel like we got some new details. And Ari, it's worth noting, we were going to save this conversation for Bobby Petrino's time facing Arkansas, but we can get into it. Ari, you were involved in the reporting in that story. And I was working on that story. And there are two sides of the Bobby Petrino tale. And the young lady who Bobby Petrino, uh, his dalliance ended up getting him fired with, lives not close to Ari, but in the Dallas area. And I called Ari and I said, Ari, we need to get comment. Can you please go knock on their door? (laughs) Yes. And then Ari did it. Ari, I will say, Ari did call me when he was parked outside of their house and needed a little bit of a pep talk, but we got it done. Um, I went to the... A uh, young lady's home who was on the motorcycle. It was certainly a, an important part of the story to at least give them an opportunity to say what their side of it was looking back mm-hmm. at it. Obviously the people who were involved in that situation were not amped up about getting on the phone and rehashing it. They didn't want it to, to be out there again. So that left the only option, which is to go to their house. And Dave was nice enough to send me two addresses uh, where they could have lived. 
So I went to the first address. Took me about 45 minutes to get there. I knocked on the door, terrified, because it's like the worst thing I've ever had to do. Like, hey, knock, knock. Uh, I know you're putting your kids to bed, but let's talk about the worst thing that's ever happened to you that's public eye. Do you want to do that right now? Like, that's what I had to do. I felt like a TMZ reporter. And I got the um, the young lady's stepfather, I believe. And he said that she no longer lived there, which at the, at which point I explained what I was doing there. Um, I told them that I regretted to have to do it, but it was only right for us to give them an opportunity to speak when the story comes out. And he was very nice to me and said, I will give this message to her. And if she wants to talk to you, leave your phone number, she'll call you. So I said, I did, I did my part, whatever. Then I realized there was a second address. When you knock on the first house and talk to somebody that it is related to the person, what's the first thing that that person does the second you get back in your car to go to the second address, which was 12 Call minutes Call them and give them a heads up, baby. So I went to the other house, um, which is where she does live now. And they were waiting. They, they, like, they knew I was on my way. They knew I was coming. I knocked on the door and uh, they were putting their kids to sleep. And I tried my best to be as understanding and apologetic as possible because I actually did feel like a shit bag having to do it. Because on one hand, you got to convince yourself that giving them the opportunity is what they deserve. But on the other hand, bothering them, it's just, it's just a hard journalistic gray area for me. Yeah. hundred percent. It's a lose, lose. There's no way that you're going to win. Yeah. I got screamed at for 45 seconds. I'll give the guy credit. Like really good wind pipes, you know, get off my property. <laughs> F bomb this. You're there's no story. What are you doing? Why would you like it? If I came to your house and knocked on your door when you were with your wife and kid, and that was months after my wife and, and I had our first baby. So I had that image um, and then I left. So, you know, we got a quote. I helped Dave out. Um, I was the backbone of his award winning reporting. And uh, well, Ari, I tip my cap to you. I am forever indebted to you. Uh, that is a that's an all time teammate move. That is a that is a, a quarterback throwing a block 20 yards downfield <laughs> to spring to spring for the touchdown. <laughs> I think that that was a very good analogy because I was the quarterback of that story. Thank you for, for saying that. Um, no, honestly, Dave, you did a great job. It was great work. And if you haven't read Thank that story you. somehow, I don't know how you did not but if you haven't, it's on The Athletic. I encourage you to read that. Okay, we're going to get into the picks. But first, yes. be sure to follow the podcast on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts and drop us a five-star review. Subscribe to Until Saturday on YouTube. If you're watching it live right now with us on YouTube, we greatly appreciate it. If you're listening to this on Friday morning in the podcast feed, the YouTube link can be found in the show's description. Um, And we will be live on YouTube on Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday every week of the year. Thursday, which we're doing right now, is the weekly pick show. Saturday night is the reaction show. And then Sunday, the uh, burgeoning popular show. I don't know if I said that right, but it's, it's gaining popularity. Sunday sound off where we include you, your voice, your thoughts, your messages, everything that you have to say, we include all you have to do to be a part of that show is call 316-462-9852. Again, that's 316-462-9852. You can leave a voicemail with question, comment, concern, insult, theory, whatever you want to talk about, or you can text that same line. We will favor the voicemails because the voicemails are the spirit of the show. All of the lines that you hear today, the gambling lines, are presented by BetMGM. All right, guys, uh, this is a perfect segue into the first game. Um, Bobby Petrino is playing Arkansas again, this time as Texas A&M's offensive coordinator. Um, It was a really, really good game last year. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I covered it in Dallas a year ago. Super entertaining. Had some grab ass in it. Um, this year, Connor Wegman is out for the season, which is like, I saw the list, Sam. You, you can run people through this, but every starting quarterback that A&M has had has had a catastrophic injury like the last <laughs> 10 years. And it's like, what's going on in, in College Station? I'm starting to feel bad for them. Yeah, not good. Uh, third straight year that <clears throat> they've lost a quarterback for the season injury. 2021, Haynes King went out in week two with an ankle injury that made him miss the last 10 games. Last year, they switched King and put in Max Johnson in week three, and then he played three games, broke his thumb, missed the rest of the season. And now Connor Wigman, four games into the season, uh, hurts his lower leg and is out likely for the season. So some really bad luck from a quarterback standpoint for A&M. But that said, I don't think this is the reason to believe that the sky is falling for A&M. Max Johnson is actually a capable quarterback. He's not Connor Wigman. He's not as dynamic as Connor Wigman, but he's a guy with 17 SEC starts, plenty of experience, can operate the offense, and can do what they need him to do. Uh, and so I don't take this as a reason to flush A&M season. I actually think they can still be pretty competitive. And after seeing them against Auburn last week and how much talent they have and watching the, their defense suffocate Auburn all day to the tune of 15 tackles for loss and seven sacks, I would argue there really isn't a reason for them to drop off. I think what this does is it changes the ceiling on AM to where with Connor Wegman, maybe you could buy that they are an SEC West title contender. With Max Johnson, I probably don't buy that. But but I still think the floor should still be the same. And, and there's no reason to think that this team should just drop, you know, down to a five and seven season because Connor Dave, if, if this game or this team does go into the dumps. Does Jimbo Fisher get a mulligan for you, or is it just no? It's you, you. You should like you have a pretty good backup, and I think part of this conversation, I think people were waiting for Connor Wegman to make the jump. Sam, you watch Ana more closely than I have the first few weeks. I haven't seen that jump. He's looked good. He's looked better, but I think some of that is, schem- is schematic stuff more than him just being like a world beater. I think Max Johnson will be fine. I don't know that he has the same upside of Connor Wegman at all, but I think he's a guy that can still steady the ship. You have experience. You have a guy who's not going to be overwhelmed. Uh, you know, an LSU transfer. He's played in some big games. He's beaten AM in Death Valley. <laughs> uh, you know, he's a guy that I think can still be okay. And Bobby's had more success with worse quarterbacks, I think, than Max Johnson. And I think they'll still be okay. Um, you know, if we want to lean to the picks, I think AM probably wins this game, but Arkansas is in kind of a weird spot themselves. We have Sam Pittman deleting his Twitter account earlier this week because of all the abuse and uh, people are very mad at Sam Pittman. It's not been, the vibes have not been good at Arkansas so far. The BYU loss really hurt them. They were had a ton of penalties and lost a game to LSU that I think a lot of Arkansas fans think they, they should win. And this is an offense that can take advantage of whatever defensive issues A&M may have. So I, you know, I think AM wins this ball game, but but it's close. It's close. I think uh, I gotta feel like six and a half is quite a bit, you know. Yeah. With what Arkansas has and, and them going on the road and coming off a week in which they lost their quarterback. Like I'm with you. Like everybody was raving about Connor Wegman and it wasn't like he was Caleb Williams out there. Yeah. But obviously, you know, part of the program's build too was to bring him along, have a full year of starting and then next year coming into the season and being awesome. So, you know, the narrative with a&M always is what's next year going to be or what are they going to build for the following year and when are they going to finally be awesome? And 
it seemed like this year was going to be a, a important year for them to start gaining some traction and, and figuring out who they are and what direction they want to go in. And then next year they were going to be awesome. And it's like, you know, Max Johnson might be very good or, you know, pretty good. He's the ultimate program guy who could have transferred and didn't loves A&M and wants to do good for the university. I love that about him, but I don't know how much you can actually take away now from this season when they're not full strength at the quarterback position. I think Arkansas is a pretty good team. They're always sneaky, talented. Uh, they're getting almost a touchdown on the road. I think I like Arkansas in this game. Um, and I think they're going to score some points because I'm not necessarily convinced that A&M's defensive issues have been solved yet. Yeah, that's probably fair. I mean, I, I, if there's ever any year in the SEC to have question marks at quarterback, it's this year because there's not going to be a team running through the SEC scoring 45 every week. That's not going to happen. So you can get by with Max Johnson, who I think is, Sam, above average? Slightly? For a backup, absolutely. Uh, yeah. As, as an SEC starter, yes, uh, he's about average, but probably above average at this point. I think he, mm-hmm. he could start at a lot of different places. Yeah. I, I think uh, mm. I think this number is too big. I think A&M wins this game, but I think this number is too big. Uh, that This Arkansas, obviously with K.J. Jefferson, he, he's, he's a load to deal with. I think that's going to be a little bit of a challenge for them. And this is a series, especially since they've been – at AT&T Stadium for this game, which it is there for two more seasons this year and next year. Then they'll go back to home and home. But this has been a series that always weirdly is very close regardless of where the teams stand. I think Mm -hmm. six of the last 11 games between these two teams have been decided by one score. Last year, Ari, you were there, the doink off Mm -hmm. the top of the goalpost at the end of the game. There's always weird stuff that happens this game. So I think A&M wins it, but I don't don't, don't think they cover this. And I think there was a touchdown that they scored was like a 90-yard Fumble oh, it was the, too. Uh, yeah, it was the pitch, and then they right? pitched it back, it yeah, pitch. fumble, yeah. and then I think Damani Richardson like took it from, or they pitched it back. <laughs> yeah, I think to like him Texas A and M had like eight yards of total offense going into halftime, and they got like an eighty yard touchdown <laughs> yeah, return, and that I kind of changed about the entire that. game. I remember I was still writing the like Monday SEC column. I think I wrote a lot of words about that last year. So. But I also understand uh, understand why an Arkansas fan would be upset right now. Like this team with KJ Jefferson and the talent they have needs to be further down the. Uh, building process under Sam Pittman than losing to BYU um, at home and then, you know, blowing that that uh, LSU game last week. So two and two, usually we get like the four and oh start from Arkansas. And people get excited and you get bought in um, this year. They're off to a slow start. Maybe the exact opposite will happen and they'll sneak uh, sneak a win out here. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This is the game that I've been waiting all week to talk about coming up. And I'll just let um, Dave dig a ditch a little bit further here. But um, (laughs) 
It's he, a scary. Here, can I introduce look, the game first? Please do. Please do. <laughs> I got some thoughts. Sorry, I got some thoughts. He's ready. He's ready to go. Texas. <laughs> Texas. 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 Laying sixteen and a half against Kansas. Kansas has Ooh. one of the best quarterbacks in college football, and certainly one um, of the most fun to watch in Jalen Daniels. It's at home uh, in Austin, laying three scores. Dave, let's see what you got up your sleeve this week here. So here, here's my deal with Texas. Again, I have been consistent again, in saying again. That I, res- <laughs> I respect Texas. I just don't trust them. And I think I was doing some soul searching this morning, Ari. I was trying to decide why is it? And it, it, it's not just the past. The past is, is part of it. But I think part of it is when you look at the the teams that everybody does trust from week to week, and you say it might be misplaced trust, whatever. Like, okay, Ohio State, uh, Clemson in their heyday, um, you know, the Alabama, Georgia, the, the teams that everybody, when they lose, people are shocked. When Texas loses, people laugh, right? Um, I think a lot of it is because when you look at this Texas team, neither side of the ball just overwhelms you. You know, you don't look at the offense and be like, I don't know how teams are going to stop that offense. Or you look at the defense. You look at the way Georgia's played defense last year, or Alabama when they had Tua and the receivers. You, people don't just say, oh, I, I don't know how people are, you know, are going to score on this Texas defense. Nobody says that. I think they're really above average on both sides of the ball. But I think that might be part of it, is that there's neither side of the ball that you look at this Texas team and you're just like, oh, my gosh. You know, like that. that's why I think a, a lot of it um, goes to for me. Uh, maybe are you feel differently about one of those two sides of the ball, but I think Kansas is just a good team. I don't love the idea of Kansas going into Austin and winning this game, but they can definitely push Texas. I think Texas is still being overvalued. I don't think people are aware of how bad Baylor might be this year. Including um, you last week going into the game? Including me last week going into the game. When you picked them to cover? Yeah. Well, listen, I was thinking about Baylor playing that Utah game um, and thinking, hey, maybe this Baylor team's a little spunky. I think that Baylor team might be bad. And that Baylor team, again, without Blake Shapin, it is what it is. Um, but Kansas covers this game um, and I might push Texas. We'll see. They're no Wyoming, you Kansas ever, can play. Have you ever played the game Twister? I have played the game Twister, Ari. Not with you, unfortunately, but I have played <laughs> okay. the game. You know, like when you have to spin the wheel and, and contort your body in order to get all of your body parts on the corresponding colors? <laughs> am I, Ari, am I wrong, That's though, what I, about this? That's what I picture in my head while you're, like, bouncing back and forth with your Texas takes every week. You know what really the funniest part about it? It's not about bouncing back and forth, Ari. You are, like, contorting your body to make sure you, like, thread the needle of, like, whatever it is. The thing about it is, is that like I actually don't necessarily disagree with you this week. I think that Kansas might just be a pretty good team. Yeah, can Kansas score is good. You and know, people like, st- I think people still think Kansas is bad and that they're you know overvalued. Maybe they're slightly overvalued. But I don't know that they're one of the twenty five best teams. They, they can score. That's Kansas, the thing that's yes. scary with three sc- yes. with three uh, score spreads is that if Jalen Daniels has a few plays, and I'm sure that he will. Um, that they could win by four. I think Texas could win by fourteen or thirteen and play a really good game. Like yeah. this isn't a Texas game uh, against a Kansas team where they should win fifty six to nothing and everything else is an embarrassment. They're playing a four and zero team that yeah. has a really good quarterback and some really nice offensive pieces that can score points. So I think Texas is really good. I think they're going to win. I think they'll win comfortably, but I still think I'm taking the points here. Like I, I think that the, both of those things exist. Yeah, I think if if Texas doesn't uh, cover, I'm not going to be 
like even lower on Texas. Now, if they've got, I don't think it's possible that you are lower on Texas. (laughs) Again, all right, respect, just not trust. That's what I'm saying. But if if Texas has to pull a rabbit out of their hat to win this game, I'm going to be more concerned. More concerned if they need a little Vince Young fourth and five action from Quinn. I'm going to be concerned because they're a better team than Kansas, but Kansas is also a team capable of beating you. So, you know. All right, Sam, center us, center us. Uh, I remember (laughs) yelling at you in Dallas at Big 12 Media Day about this. Have you changed your tune or are you on like the David bus toward the road to nowhere leads to David's Texas take? This is the game that tells me how seriously Texas is taking this year. Like they've played with their food against Rice. They played with their food against Wyoming. They even messed around a little bit with those two muffed punts against Baylor, but Baylor was just so bad, and they did end up starting to put that game away by by halftime. But this is a Kansas team that will have Texas' attention. This is not the Kansas team that came two years ago to Austin and won in overtime that mm-hmm. that was a made Texas a punchline when they beat them. This is a legitimately good Kansas team. A- Andy Kolnicki, the offense coordinator, I love what they do offensively. But one of the things that makes it work is the run game and being able to get the play action, be able to get the misdirection. And I just don't think, I think they're going to have a hard time doing that against Texas. Dave talked about Texas defense not necessarily being dominant. One thing they are really good at right now is stopping the run. They're allowing only 2.7 yards per carry so far this year, which is more than a yard better than they were last year. They're really hard to deal with up front. Devondre Sweat and that defensive line has just been a load for opposing teams. And so I think they're going to beat Kansas up front in the run game and make them one-dimensional. And I think Texas is going to cover. I think this is a game where Texas is going to win by about 20. I I would say like a 41-20-ish type of game. And I think this is a game where they finally start fast. That's one thing that's really hurt them offensively is they – they were so good in the first two years of the Sarkeesian era of starting quick, and then they would fade down the stretch. Now they're the other way. They're they're starting slow, and they're finishing strong. I think this is the week that they finally put it together. It, JT Sanders, Xavier Worthy, Adani Mitchell, Jonathan Brooks, these guys are all studs. I think they're going to finally put it together and put together a four-quarter effort. I think they're going to pull this one by a comfortable margin. Two things, yeah, guys. Has, two has things. Texas played a team that, that can run the ball? Uh, I mean, they're supposed to play a team that could run the ball really well, and they played them on the road and shut them down. Yeah, I was say Baylor's um, supposed to, and I was, but yeah, uh, I was talking about Alabama. Weren't they supposed to be able to run the ball, or was their uh, they were. offensive line mm-hmm. stick? They? They, um, they, they got beat up front. <laughs> Alabama got beat up front in that one. Which me, I, I just want to say, I want to say today, two things this time. And I don't know why I keep getting why, these balloons. Why do you, why do you have <laughs> <my> <laughs> Why do you have balloons in your feet on your screen? My my daughter's second birthday to, uh, tomorrow. Maybe oh, that's it. Awesome. Um, guys, put up the peace sign on the screen and see if it happens to you. Does it happen to me? No. 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 Okay. It's I updated weird. my software on my computer. Um, <laughs> I take exception to the notion that Texas doesn't have a offense that scares you. Um, they have really, really good skill position players. JT and I think they Sanders, the best, baby. The one, Ari, two, three punch in college football in terms of cat, simple, uh, pass simple question for you, Ari. Who has the better quarterback in this game? I don't know. Jalen Daniels has yeah, played better. Yeah. 
But Jalen Daniels is more exciting. But, so he but if we were defense, that's but scary, and you're playing. Jalen Daniels has played better. But if we were drafting quarterbacks today, you would take. Buddy, that. you might be able to make that point against anybody. They could play Georgia tomorrow, and you can make that point. It doesn't mean that makes any sense. What do you like? What he's one of the top five quarterbacks in the in the entire sport. Maybe if they played Georgia tomorrow, could you have been like who has a better quarterback in this game? Georgia's different because Georgia can overwhelm you on the lines. Isn't that exactly what Texas has been doing all year? Mm-hmm. I, that defensive line. I, I don't know if I, I'm are you watching you. the games. I'm I'm watching the games, but I'm just saying I don't think they overwhelm you in the same way. Like watching Georgia's defense the last couple years has been a different conversation than what we see in Texas. And again, I think Ari, I still think some of this Texas stuff is still because I don't respect Alabama as much as a lot of people do. Coming into the season, I was like, but you keep changing your mind and why not to respect Texas every week? No, I'm not. Every week. I respect them. I just Alabama, don't, I don't you know, trust them. Okay. You don't have to trust them, but like I also think that saying things that that aren't right is not fair either. Like I do All think right. that they have really good line play. They've got great skill position play. And Quinn Ewers had one big game on the road this year and did everything he was asked to do in, in a perfect way. And it might have been a master class of play calling in that game and a lot of easy, completable passes that were dialed up in that game. But coaching and game plan is part of how good your team is. Like you can't get held, you know, you don't get held against you. He played really well. So Jalen Daniels, I think, is one of the best, most entertaining quarterbacks in the sport. And really, if you think about the entire season this year, what unit is overwhelmingly good? The only thing that I think you might say is Washington's offense. But what other unit on any other team in college football is comparable to that Georgia defense that you were talking about? I'm not talking about this year as much as just historically when you have teams that you trust. I'm saying this is why I don't necessarily trust them. Is because I don't – like if the, if the offense had a day – I mean, they already had one, right? Where you have 10 points against one. The offense has a disastrous day. You're not going to say like, what's happening? It's just like, well, you know, they just didn't have a good day. Like you, you watch those Alabama teams with Bryce Young or Tua and, and you say, when, like, if you had 13 points in the fourth quarter against anybody, you'd be being like, if I entered an alternate dimension, right? Or if Texas gave up 45 to somebody that you didn't expect. Like Kansas, if Kansas scores 40 on Texas, are you going to say, I can't believe, like, how is that possible? I would That's be, my I point. would be stunned by that. I would be stunned right. by that, hundred percent. Because again, <laughs> I just think, you know, I think their defensive is, line is, is just too good. I, I, I think, I think that's going to be a problem. If there's a, if there's a path to an upset here, or there's a path to Kansas keeping this game close, I think it's Kansas defensive line getting getting some traction against Texas's front because Kansas has they they portaled really well up there. They've done a really good job. Their, their defense actually seems to be pretty pretty salty so far this year. They haven't been as much of a liability. And so if they're able to kind of do that and make it ugly, then I think there's a path for Kansas. But I just think the talent's going to make the difference. And and I, I, I'm with Ari. I'm like, I don't want to measure Texas against Georgia's defense. Georgia was... That was a historically great defense. We're I'm talking not, about just Kansas winning. I'm just, Kansas winning. Saying, I'm just saying we're not talking about Texas winning the Big 12. We're just, and talking well, about Texas Dave, winning this game. It, we're not trying to make them a national champion right now. Texas' offense was better than Kurt, uh, the Kurt Warner, Texas uh, <laughs> best show on turf. <laughs> you ever thought about their defense is rather, better than you, the 2000 Ravens? I'm trying to tell you why I don't necessarily trust them. And that is why. Because neither side of the ball is like God tier. I'm going to simplify it for you and then we're going to move on. All right. the player you don't trust them because they used to lose <laughs> shitty games. That's a little past. bit of it, Ari. That's all it is. 100%. That's not all it is. Hey, but Sam, are you, you you were not on the train with me before the season started. You were like, Texas is going to nod off a bad game or two. 
Um, we argued about this. Have you changed your thought process? Are you more in line with what Dave is? I, I, I am starting to get more into, and part of it too is that the Big 12 just looks a lot weaker than I thought it was yeah, going to that's, be that's, You know, four yeah. weeks in. I, I just, to me, they're the clear favorite. And could they have a hiccup? Yes, but I can't see more than one of them coming the rest of the way. And, and it's just, it, it could happen, but I'm, I'm more in the, in the camp that I think they're going to win the Big 12. And they're there, and I'm getting closer. And this is a game that will can sell me if they go in there and handle business. This is a game that can sell me on Texas going to the playoff. If Texas flex, if Texas flexes, I'll be like, all right, yeah. like all right, yeah. If they flex in this game, <laughs> I think be like, you know, they're actually not bought into whether Kansas they, is any they're, good they're, or whatever. They're <laughs> gonna, they're gonna hand, if they flex this game, they go in and handle OU. Yeah. Then I think I'm all the way in at that point. Uh, I'm all the way in. People are teasing you, Dave, but I'm because closer to it. <laughs> people are, are teasing you, Dave, because they said you need one bad food take and one bad LSU take to complete the kit. So why you don't got we? The Rose uh, Bowl. You got the Rose Bowl hat. You got that take. Hey, why don't we go? <laughs> That's three. Uh, we're gonna hop around here a little bit, but let's go LSU three and one minus two and a half on the road at Ole Miss three mm-hmm. and one. LSU has won six of the last seven meetings. Uh, LSU won one forty five to twenty last year. Um, and Ole Miss won 31-17 and 21. I think like last week was kind of a revelatory week for both of these teams. Uh, LSU got into kind of a rock fight with Arkansas in a game that people thought might not have been as close as it was. And, of course, Ole Miss I didn't manage to score very much when mm-hmm. Lane Kiffin spent the entire previous week throwing um, smoke uh, one of those uh, flares into the Alabama football building. <laughs> I don't know why he did that, but he I would have lit a bag of poo points. and ran off. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to. I mean, I don't know if you have contaminated my brain here, but I am expecting LSU to figure it out and figure it out in a big way. They had a really weird game last week, but if they turn the corner like they did a year ago, I almost feel like LSU minus two and a half here is like too low. That's that's LSU, my my LSU kind of feels like maybe 2022 Oregon, at least nationally, where like they looked so bad in the start, despite the fact they were missing a bunch of guys. We won't get back into that, but they're sort of being discounted now and just they're just sort of operating where no one's taking them seriously as a playoff team. We will see. I will say, I think I'm being back on the narrative train. I think I'm being radicalized a little bit to be a Lane Kiffin big game guy. Uh, Shehan Jayaraja, uh, a fellow Dallas native, Ari, mm-hmm. tweeted good guy. a like stat. Him. He is a good dude. Tweeted a stat this week that Lane, in his coaching career, is one and nineteen against teams that won nine games that year. Oof, that's bad. That is really bad. That's really bad. Uh, for a guy who that, talks a lot going into those big games. By the way, and I believe his one win was an upset. Uh, early in his tenure at USC against an Oregon team that won 11 games that year uh, or 10 games that year. That to me seems like a problem. And LSU is going to win at least nine games this year. For me, I, I think I'm with you. I think LSU is being undervalued here, even on the road. Um, you know, Vaughn Hemingway is not the easiest place to play, but it's not the toughest either. Uh, I like the Tigers here by double digits. Yeah, I got no idea what to make of this, to be honest with you, because you thought Ole Miss was going to be able to take advantage of a vulnerable Alabama. They didn't. LSU is, has not been as dominant as we thought they would. But I do like LSU here in this one as well. I, I just, I think it's just a better roster. I think they're put together better. And 
just the head coaching match, if you talked about that record with Kiffin, I, I think I like Brian Kelly in this spot more than I like Lane Kiffin at this point. So I'll take the Tigers. Um, is LSU still your favorite to win the SEC West? Don't they have to be? I mean, I've I, I've been down on I mean, I've been Alabama's down on Bama. still there. Alabama's there, and and Texas A&M's what, what undefeated. What have you seen from Alabama besides their twenty four seven talent team talent compositori that makes you think that they are the best team in the West? Um, I don't know that I've seen anything that makes me think they're the best team in the West. What I will say is, is that the West hasn't been overwhelmingly uh, impressive this year. In fact, yeah, I think there might be standard. a conversation that we have to have about how the entire conference is just borderline ass this year in comparison to what they usually are. QBs, um, QB issues. You know, they don't have the quarterback talent. But here's what I will say about Alabama. And, you know, maybe you guys will disagree with this. But I think that they picked their quarterback and it's healthy. They can run an offense specifically tailored to Jalen Milrow. Uh, they know exactly who they are, what their limitations are, and um, how they need to win football games. And I think that won't be good enough to make the playoff. I don't think that'll be good enough to beat Georgia, but I think it might be good enough to win their side of the conference. Maybe. You know, I, depending I on, think that on, on where they are. And Alabama's schedule is, like, easy as hell. Now, they have to play at, uh, back-to-back games on the road coming up um, against Mississippi State and Texas A&M, which is kind of a sneaky, you know, one-two punch in the SEC. Uh, but they get Tennessee and LSU back to back, both at home. Like they they don't have any game on the on the schedule right now that makes me scream out like, "Oh my God, they cannot win!" Mm-hmm. So like LSU on, I think LSU is the favorite for all the same reasons why you isolated them as a team that could win the the, the entire conference before the season started. But at the same line too, like only one of the two teams between Alabama and LSU has been completely demoralized on national television. Like Alabama just lost to a pretty good team, I think, mm-hmm. and so I mean, and so did LSU. Don't get me wrong; I think Florida State's awesome, but the way that Florida State beat LSU, I thought was far more indicative of like concerning long term, um, long term metal for that team than even Alabama's poor quarterback play and them trying to figure out who they are. Like, I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Alabama wins that side of the conference. I'm not out of the realm of possibility, but I don't think you should. Their LSU is more likely. Uh, experience, you know, stay for as bad as the quarterbacks are in the SEC this year. I think through what we've seen through through a month, I mean, Jaden Daniels is still. I mean, you could, I guess, you could make a case for him as the best, maybe top three at least. Probably it's it's a it's a bad year for SEC quarterbacks. Like you look around and you're just like, I don't love any of these guys. <laughs> it's like, well, here, here's what <laughs> Matt McCarty just said in the chat. I believe it to be true. Because I covered the Ohio State game last week, and I didn't leave there thinking that those two teams were unbeatable. Um, mm-hmm. he, he Matt wrote, I love that almost every single team is just good. No perfect, scary teams this year. It's awesome. Yeah. And I will say that as we joke about um, how this is the end of the Pac-12 and how it's a damn shame because these uh, teams on the West Coast are legitimately great this year, um, we are getting the last four-team playoff debate when there are like 20 options and maybe that'll kind of sift its way back to, you know, way less by the time we start doing it in November, but there is a possibility. It's like, is Florida state a playoff team? Sure. Is Michigan? Sure. Is Penn state? Sure. Ohio state, Alabama is still alive. LSU is still alive. USC, Oregon, Washington. You got three teams. Like there are a lot of teams that legitimately seem like, okay. Picks to win enough to get into the playoff this year. And I think that's really exciting. So Sam, what's your, what's your uh, final thought on this LSU Ole Miss game? 
Yeah, no, I think to echo your points on the SEC West, I love that it's wide open, and I think the era of the super team is kind of going away. But yeah, I, I just you do. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with LSU because again, just the the big game coach aspect with that record with Kiffin and narrative time. Just, they, they, <laughs> they need they need they need to. This is a this is a game Kiffin needs to win if if he's gonna restore some faith in their ability to win big time games. I mean, this is this is one of those moments that you kind of have to do it, but. I just think LSU is the better team, and, and I think Brian Kelly and them will get it done. All right, guys, on to the next game here. Colorado, 3-1, and one, plus 21.5 um, at home against USC, who's 4-0 and oh also. Travis Hunter, the most dynamic talent maybe in college football, is still out with, what is it, a lacerated liver? Is that what it is? Um, Colorado has never beat USC, who is 16-0 all-time in the series, and the closest game was in 2015. Uh, when it was decided by three, um, Shiloh Sanders and Jerry Rice's son are playing this weekend, nearly 25 years after Dion and Jerry first met, which is a pretty cool little nugget. Um, we got to talk a little bit about the viewership numbers from last week, but also this is a very good reminder for you to read um, the Oregon, Colorado uh, viewership takeaways in the newsletter. Jaina Bardall broke down the game's numbers as well as other ratings and viewership numbers in the Until Saturday newsletter. Again, the link to that is in the description on the YouTube and um, also in the description of your podcast. Uh, go get signed up. You don't have to be subscribed to The Athletic to read it. And you get your um, daily fix of college football right to your inbox. All right, guys. So what do we think about this game? Uh, Dave, are you going? I am going. <laughs> Try to hold oh. your uh, hold your shock. This guy's got uh, more freaking airline miles than uh, <laughs> what's the dude, the, the very famous actor from Up in the Air? Uh, George Clooney, yeah. Yeah, I you're will be, George Clooney. I'm leaving for Denver in the morning. Um, this is, uh, I, I think, speaking of being radicalized, I think USC might be the third best team in the Pac-12. I think I'm there. I think I'm there now. Uh, USC doesn't look like enough of a complete team. Uh, and that's not even really just an Arizona State thing from last week, an Arizona State team that had been in dire straits before they played there. I just think Washington and Oregon, Washington, we'll see about their defense, uh, but that is the best offense in the country. Uh, Roma Dunze, like people are sleeping on him. People know about Michael Penix, but he's got some unbelievable receivers as well. Oregon, people don't understand how good their defense is, but USC... The offense kind of gets in some weird spots where they just aren't looking right at time from time, and they can score 28 in a hurry on you, and I think they'll do that to Colorado, but I don't trust the defense, um, and I think US, I mean, I think Colorado will find that it's a lot easier to move the ball against USC's defense than uh, Oregon's defense. I think I was already kind of on Oregon's defense, but now, you know, having watched them and the lack of hope that, that they gave Colorado, I think it's going to be uh, smooth sailing. And I think people are undervaluing Colorado after last week. I don't know how likely it is that they win this ball game, but 21 and a half for that defense against an offense that still has a ton of talents. And those receivers are not easy to tackle. Jimmy Horn, we'll see if Xavier Weaver's okay. We haven't had much of an update on him. Um, but Colorado's a better team, you know, than Arizona State with it. Obviously, a much better team or a much better QB. So uh, I'm going to go Colorado. It's more a bet against USC's defense because I that's four scores. That's that's a lot. Is it that much? Well, yeah. Twenty-one and a half. Yeah. I mean, last week it wasn't. I don't know. 
But they I, couldn't I move the, the ball. That's opening. the thing. They couldn't move yeah. the ball. That's the thing. And I, 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 I think USC score at will is generous, but this feels like a, a 51-35 sort of situation for me. I think I thought that might be the case against Oregon last week, but Oregon's people are sleeping on Oregon's defense. Like uh, Sean Lewis, they have offensive talent. So is that your team that's going to win the the Pac-12? Then that's who you think is going to win it. You think Oregon? Yeah, I think or- I'll take Oregon right now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I think I think I'm going to still take USC to cover. Uh, Colorado's issues protecting Shador, mm-hmm. I feel like is just going to be they're they're a problem, and mm-hmm. it's it's going to continue to catch up to them. And they ha- they have no run game existence at this point. So there's really no reason for USC to have to respect the run here. And they can just kind of pin their ears back and go after Shador. And with no Travis Hunter, I just, I, yeah, I am down on Colorado after the Oregon game. I just, how badly they got pushed around up front is sticking in my mind. And I don't think it's going to get removed from my mind until, until they bounce back in a big way and go score some points. Now, could I see them, Going and scoring 30-35 against USC, sure. But this USC defense, I still think, is a little bit better than it was a year ago. And, yeah, I have a a hard time thinking Colorado's going to cover here. I think it's possible that Colorado scores 35 and doesn't cover the spread. Like, I have a very hard time picking against against a team that I think can score without being pushed that much. Um, That, to me, is just, you know, a deal breaker. And... I do think that there's a chance, a small chance, that USC's defense is a little bit more improved than, you know, we're giving them credit for, too. So, you know, I think that it's possible that Colorado is just at the peak of what it is going to be. Um, they It took every ounce of their energy to get the 3-0. and um, They're playing two of the best teams in the conference in back-to-back weeks. Obviously, this one's at home. It's a little bit different. But um, I think we're just starting to get a key into what Colorado is. Um, and that's not bad. You know, they're, they're a pretty good team, but I think that USC is going to be able to score on every drive. And if they do that, then I don't want to take points. It's just miserable to watch. So uh, we'll see and enjoy your trip out there. What's it like, by the way, when you land in Denver? Do you go and rent a car and then take a pretty drive up into the mountains? So Denver, the air, have you been there before, Ari? Yeah, Denver's like airport is three hours yeah, the outside of the city. Like it makes no sense. It's ridiculously far yeah. east. It sucks. Um, but... Yeah, the drive. And there's from, no mountains there either. That's what's so crazy. It's like when you land at the Denver airport. Yeah, you're like, where I'm like, did I land in Wichita? Like, <laughs> yeah. what are we doing here? It's flat it takes like for an hour and yeah. a half the other direction to see a mountain. Yeah. So, but the drive from Denver proper to Boulder up, I forget. I think it's Highway Five. I forget. I've been there enough. I should remember that. But but whatever it's called, one of the great drives in the country coming into. I think I said this, but they should put more college campuses at the foots of at the foot of mountain ranges. Like Boulder is crazy because Boulder, you're like in the mountains. Uh, are there casinos fantastic. on the way? No, there's not. Ari, I'm sorry. Oh, because there are some <laughs> casinos on the western side of the city. <laughs> is the it legal to gamble would... in Colorado? I don't actually know. It is. Yes, if you go to Colorado, sign up for uh, you know some of the free action that you get with BetMGM and take them to the cleaners. Maybe. Okay. I will say um, the the Denver Airport Magic Pan, the crepe, uh, one of my favorite airport foods. I must say. So. And here we are with the bad takes on food. <laughs> Go ahead, Dave. Tell us more about the airport crepe. <laughs> the magic pan crepe. Bingo. We got two. We got Texas. We got a food take. We need one more. <laughs> got the strawberries, the Nutella, heavy what whipped cream on there. It's a good situation. Ordering crepes in public. Like, it's from the... You- 
What are you doing? Is this an anti-crepe take? What are we doing? Yeah, I'm not You're against it's an crepe in the airport. Take. I just in the I airport. Order a crepe at an airport. It doesn't even. Occur it's to a me. magic pan. It's a crepe place. Sorry, you're not getting a random crepe. These people, they got the they got the little circle stone with the little wood. What thing. do you do? Do you eat that thing with your bare hands, or do you eat it with a fork? No, it's a it's a full situation. Yeah, with you a fork and it's a it's a whole it's a whole operation. When you order it, yeah. is it a two ghost scenario, or do you get to sit down and eat it? They have some chairs by there. It's like in a little mini. Do you food sit court in the chair, in the or do you take it with you? Yeah, I sit in the chair if I have time. I lately so I haven't had a lot this. of time. Mm-hmm. We're in Denver Airport that has like every brewery known to mankind. <laughs> and sit down restaurants right, and like stuff. And you in are the coming morning back. I'm flying out of there. <laughs> you're coming back from Denver, uh, and you're ordering a crepe and eating with a fork and knife. Like, what's going on with you? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just it's a bizarre it's a bizarre move. Ari, here's the thing. There's also one in the Washington D.C. Reagan Airport, a Magic Pan, right next to this bow place. Ari, we got we got to get you a Magic Pan crepe. We got to get you back on the back on the board, man. I feel like you would you would you would regret everything you've said in the last five minutes if you had a Magic Pan crepe. What do you put? You put like uh you put like uh, strawberries and yeah, strawberry like, Nutella and strawberries Nutella oh, and then Nutella. a Love lot of whipped Nutella. cream on there. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just not a sweets person, so it's not like I would rather have savory. So it just doesn't occur to me to get a. This is an anti-crepe tail. They have they do have savory crepes. Sorry, I just think there's a time and place. It's the same thing with your. Yes, yeah, there time is a scenario. time and a place. Just, the place is at the, the airport. It's not the time airport, and place. Then. The airport. <laughs> the place is the Denver airport. The time is before you, know, you come. The home. last time I ordered a crepe was at Paris, Paris in Vegas because it kind of was. <laughs> Where you would get there's one. a very good crepe place in Knoxville, the French Market Crepery. Ari, the next time you come through here, we got it. We got it. Would you say that a crepe is better than a pancake? I don't understand the crepe's existence. So we don't want to get too far down the breakfast f- train, but I'll just say that the pancake is close to the crepe. A good crepe is better than a pancake, but French toast is the king and waffles are very good. But, but is Liege- a crepe a worse version of a pancake? No, because it depends on what you have on it, basically. There's some bad crepes at some point, but you got if you can get a good salt. Like, if you're on, if you're on death of- row for killing your Texas ticks, <laughs> and you get to have a pancake or a crepe in your last meal, which one are you taking? Can I guarantee that the consistency of the crepe is strong? It's the perfect pancake or the perfect If you crepe. have to guarantee anything, you've already lost. All right. If you have to guarantee I, the quality, which one are you lost. taking? I'm... I'm a big maple syrup guy, but man, peak crepes are elite, man. Peak crepes are Try elite. Try hard, really, really hard to focus <laughs> on what I'm asking you and to answer the question. <laughs> Which are you taking? I, I, I think I'm going to take the crepe, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, can't, I, I do not have any expertise on crepes. It's I've like only this guy's in the airport so covering football for the past two days, and he's in a beer airport, and he's sitting there with a fork and knife. Ari, it's 8 in the morning open. on a Sunday. I'm not ordering a beer. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. It's just like there, there's a lot happening with you, Ari, we got to get you, you know, on. We got to get you a I good gotta crepe. I got to tell you something. All I'm hearing is I haven't had a good crepe. That's what I And hear. I'm going to actually say this on the show. <laughs> You're the freak of the show now. It's not me anymore. It's you. People are texting me like I never thought I would see the day that you aren't the freak of your own show. It's like people are on to you. I'm, I'm peeling the onion back layer by layer here. Sam, have you ever ordered a crepe in public by yourself? Uh, only one time to try it. It's uh, Sweet Eugene's is a coffee shop in College Station where I go right. 
and they have them. And I was like, I'm going to try it. And I tried it and it was okay, but it wasn't. <laughs> What's wrong? It didn't really you do anything for me. So I just. You have a can sweet we, tooth by yourself. I, I will say. I will say. <laughs> I was just listen, trying it because everybody, there was a lot of them on the list. They said it was I'm, good. I tried it. It, was, it wasn't all that. Pool. So. We have an oven pad food tank. Check. <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared to ask this question to the, to the, to the room, but have you guys eaten a Liege waffle before? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> what are you talking about? You, I'm, I'm, you guys respect, <laughs> respectfully. Yes, you, you guys are breakfast noobs. All right. I don't like the fact I eat that neither one of you bacon, even boss. The like, fact that's that what you, I neither one, neither one. Have you, you ever heard of a bacon, a bacon egg and cheese? Have you ever heard of one of those? Good. All right, listen. <laughs> So let me you're, explain. You're trying to you. too hard. You're trying. Get, an omelet. Get yourself a Denver like a omelet once in a while. It's like a waffle made in with Denver. dough. It's a waffle made with a <laughs> dough, but pearl sugar in there. We got to get you on board. We got to. I'm not a big sweets person. I don't want like like sweets in the morning. It's not my thing. So it's not a great way to thing. start today. I, I would it much is, rather have the like best potatoes way to start and bread. I, don't, I want potatoes and <laughs> bread. I don't want like. We're not gonna Sugar, eat a whole bowl of cinnamon toast. I'm scared. Break. Listen, I got you guys need you guys need a breakfast education. You guys are living You're the freak. In, you guys are living in 20, 2005. I gotta get you up to 2023 in the breakfast game. <sighs> okay. Let's move on to the next thing here because I've got to pick up my parents at the airport in 12 minutes and we're on, <laughs> we're in bad we're in bad bad track here. Utah my uh minus or sorry, Utah plus three and a half. Yeah. Um on the road at Oregon State, four and over three and one. Uh, Cam Rising is still a game time decision, I believe. And uh, um, Nate Johnson had 119 total yards um, versus UCLA last week. That was a hell of a defensive effort by Utah. Um, 26 meeting between the two. Uh, it's 12, 12, and 1. So they are going to reign supreme, whoever wins. And love that. Of course, uh, the one thing I would be remiss if I didn't say was if you did not read uh, Max Olson's story this week in The Athletic about the uh, Brett Yormark's push to expand the big 12 from 12 to 16 it's a behind the scenes look the definitive story on how the expansion occurred um you have to go read that great job by max who's on the show all the time and i appreciated the effort that he put into that one so all right guys uh never disrespect utah or what i'm not doing it i refuse to do it anymore ari i'm not i i i I don't love this idea i'm the cam rising stuff is weird i'm done i'm done overlooking utah disrespecting utah Especially against a team that didn't play that well this week. Uh, Morgan Scally versus DJ Uyunglele. Give me the Utes outright on the road in Corvallis. I'm done. I'm done overlooking Utah. I'm I'm all in on the Utes. I'm more of a Cam. If Cam Rising is healthy, then I feel good taking the Utes. If he's not, I just struggle. They have had trouble scoring points without Cam. And so. So have other teams, though. They play They have. No, it's true. It's true. But. (laughs) Oregon State's a little bit of, I think, of a better level team than than what they've played to this point. So, like, the, the Baylor team that they win and beat, and I, I saw that game when mm-hmm. they went down to Waco, and gosh, it, I'm not even sure Utah wins that game if, if Sawyer Robertson doesn't throw a pick, you know, with a minute and a half to go on his own side of the field. And so... I if if Cam plays, I like Utah. If If he's not playing, I'll take Oregon State. I'm just going to take Utah because I'm tired of picking against them and looking like an asshole in public. Um, (laughs) All right, guys, big game that we haven't got to yet for some reason. This will be the longest um, remaining picks, but I think we've got to get into it a little bit. Notre Dame uh, laying five and a half on the road at Duke, who's 4-0, a number 11 versus number 17 matchup. It's a night game. Um, Duke's highest ranking since 1994, in which they were 16th. 
Um, it's been nearly 30 years since Duke um, and its opponent have both been ranked. Um, what would a win mean for Duke? And is this a scary spot? I'm going to tell you right now, um, my trap game of the week here is Notre Dame. So mm-hmm. we'll get to those at the end, but this is a really, really tough spot for Notre Dame, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Same I think so. It, it Emotionally, just after everything that happened in the Ohio State game and the the 10 players on the field at the end and the scrutiny that Marcus Freeman's been under, this is a really, really tough spot for Notre Dame to have to go and play a really good Duke team. Uh, and coming down from that emotional loss, it's... This is tough. Uh, I love Mike Elko. I love the way he's got that team playing, They're, the way he's got them ready. They they play good defensively. Riley Leonard, obviously, is a terrific quarterback. And that, that to me, I think is low-key. The most exciting part of this game is the Riley Leonard-Sam Hartman matchup quarterback. This is going to be a fun one to watch. In that, mm, five and a half, I think, is too much to give on the road. I think I take the points with Duke. I think this game tells you a lot about where Marcus Freeman is with his roster because I have a lot of concerns about Ohio State beating Notre Dame twice. This is not the situation that you want to get in if you're Notre Dame coming off of that game. You know, uh, where's Northwestern when you need them, right? I want to believe in Duke. Uh, I think they're a good team, but I, I still, I, again, I think Notre Dame is still one of the six best teams in the country. And I think Notre Dame's just that much better. And I think they can win this game on the line of scrimmage. And I think they cover. If they don't, if they lose this game, it's going to start getting a little uncomfortable for Marcus Freeman in South Bend. Because if you can get your team up and respond and rally after last week's game, that that tells you a lot um, about this team's, um, uh, you know, mental fortitude. Um, But I, I think they can win this game by winning at the line of scrimmage. Um, and having a functional offense uh, that doesn't uh, trip over its own shoelaces in the red zone every time like Clemson did. So give me Notre Dame and, and the points, or give me Notre Dame laying the points here. I was really impressed with Notre Dame in person last week. I have a hard time trying to predict the psyche of a team that lost the way that they did, and yeah. not just losing in the last minute, but losing with 10 guys on the <clears> field. Just kind of a tough look. Um, I think Duke is legitimately pretty good, and yeah. I think you could make the case that their quarterback is just as good as Sam Hartman. Is that crazy? Nope, not, not at all. Crazy. I disagree. Not it's at not all. crazy though. I'll, I'll hear it's, it. It's a discussion. I'll hear mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. No, um, so anyway, I think that on the road, the week after something like that happened against a team that's beaten Clemson and is really fired up about their year, I think five and a half is a lot. I'm going to take the points on this one. All right, yeah. guys. Um, let's go into the superlative picks. And maybe from now on, one of you can do the superlatives because I can't say that word. Superlative. It's pronounced superlative. It's pronounced superlative. Like a coffee? Superlative. <laughs> um, is the freak on this show. Lux, he is the freak on the show. We're going to have a freak of the show segment. Locks of the week. I keep it. All right. It's going to be on fire. I need Ari saying my keyboard is going to be on fire. That's my new ringtone. Becca yeah. wouldn't be weirded out by that at all, so. Um, yeah, I'll start texting you at two in the morning too. <laughs> I think Dave and I are on the same game this week. Penn state minus 26 and a half. I know Northwestern <laughs> had a pretty insane comeback last week, but are we sure that Penn state is not them this year? Like I think Penn state's going to kick their ass. Yeah, this is going to be bad. I mean, I like North uh, Northwestern. I don't know what happened to Minnesota. I was on the road and I was watching a lot of Notre Dame and I didn't see, I was tracking it. Cause I was like, 
at, they're sort of coming back. I just think Penn State is just <clears> – <throat> I don't think Northwestern are going to be able to get stops. I don't think they're going to be able to move the ball. I mean, this feels like a 41-3 situation here. Yeah. Yeah, no, they, this this is a really good team. They've still got a few more weeks until they play Ohio State. Well, they got this one, and they got UMass after this. I think it's yeah. uh, Penn State's got an easy, easy go here. <clears throat> Can't wait till that Ohio State Penn State game for sure. And Sam, yours is BYU plus one and a half against Cincinnati. Yeah, this one really. This is one of those ones, Aria. That's a head scratcher line. Cincinnati's lost two in a row. They lost Miami, Ohio. They did hold their own defensively against Oklahoma, but BYU's been pretty solid. They had that road win against Arkansas that was really nice. And this is a long road trip for Cincinnati. They got to go west on this one and it's it's a night game it's a late night game i just mountains. yeah in the mountains you get the elevation i think love BYU getting points here i i kind of like i kind of like the cougs i don't i feel like i have a terrible read on cincinnati i've i've felt like they were not a team to be taken seriously at coming into the season and they've they've hung around they've hung around they've they've i i don't know what cincinnati is but i'm with you on this it's a good pick sam all right, guys, trap games. Uh, yours, Dave, is uh, Clemson and Syracuse. Who's the trap for here? <laughs> Clemson <laughs> coming off of, again, a, it's a similar situation as uh, as Notre Dame, I think. Clemson absolutely should have won that game um, last week uh, against Florida State. And now you got to go up to the Carrier Dome with no air conditioning. Uh, one of the great – it's like the old uh, – the Big Ten has 11 teams. The Carrier Dome being sponsored by an air conditioning company without air conditioning is one of my favorite college football things. But ultimately, they've had some they've had some issues in that building before, as I recall. And uh, it, I just the Clemson offense has not been super reliable. Uh, we almost were very very wrong uh, about that situation. Are uh, you called it? I, I was nervous about that game, but just. You know, BYOG, you got a BYOE. Uh, bring your own energy in this ball game, and if you don't, you will lose because Syracuse is functional. Garrett Schrader is experienced, and if he gets running and gets outside the pocket, it's a problem. So, I think Clemson should be okay, but but be careful. You can lose outright very easily here. Clemson's not good enough on offense to just sort of show up. I don't think it's going to be quite as bad as it has been, where you're you know struggling to score twenty a lot of times. But they that's a that's a losable ball game. Sam, you've got two of the uh, Pac-12 powers up on your crosshairs here, Oregon at Stanford and Washington at Arizona. Yeah, because they play in two weeks, and they both are off next week. I think we're all – everybody's waiting for that game. Oregon comes off that big win over Colorado. All Obviously, all the hype and emotion that came out of that. We saw the cinematic recap of that that Oregon put out. Uh, four clicks, by the way. Uh, and, and Washington obviously has been rolling. Uh, the Washington game at Arizona is a little tougher because they're playing a little bit better team. Stanford's just been bad. Yeah. But this is a game that you could see one of these teams sleepwalk, and I, I still don't see Oregon losing this game, uh, but you could see them sleepwalk and look a little rough because like they got the off week next week. Washington's got a little bit better, uh, tougher test going on the road to Arizona, but then they got the off week and then they play each other. I could, I could totally see a situation where guys are like, let's just get to the bye and so we can go see and, and play the biggest damn game of the year. I think Arizona's yep, more dangerous. I, I just don't see Stanford yep. competing in yeah. this game. But yeah. Arizona's they can score and they gets a little yep. they gets a little nervous. Mm-hmm. My trap game we already covered was Notre Dame. Okay, Sicko's game of the week. Mine was Akron at Buffalo. We got two <laughs> Mac teams that have combined for one win in seven games. Uh, you let me know. Somebody said their lock of the week in the chat was Akron minus two and a half. <laughs> I'll play. I'll, I'll play hey, that with you, bud. Hey, no, <laughs> I'm a ticket. linguist. 
Come on now. Dude, show me your ticket. Who said who said Akron minus two and a half? Show me your ticket and I'll send you one mine. We'll watch it there together it and be miserable together. Daniel, what's up? Uh, Daniel Garrett, lock of the weekend. Um, I would you, you're in, you're cordially invited to come over to my house and watch that game with me uh, as long as you have action on it. Okay, Sam, you have South Alabama at James Madison. Yeah, this is uh, remember South Alabama a couple weeks ago pounded Oklahoma State thirty three seven. They turned around and lost to Central Michigan last week. So I don't know what to make of South Alabama, who I thought was going to be a little (laughs) bit better team. And JMU's 4-0. So this is a kind of important spot for them. And uh, JMU's uh, just a fun team to watch. So check this one out. Uh, My Sickos game, no one should subject themselves to Michigan State-Iowa. I just, we can't have Iowa every week in the Sickos game, but just like, (laughs) This t- like the amount of toxicity that is happening, where every single thing about Iowa's program comes back to the Brian Ferentz situation, uh, and then Michigan State has just been dreadful, you know, post Mel Tucker, you know, leaving whatever you want to call, you know, he's officially fired now. So we got the drive to three twenty five coming back. I just <laughs> I think, love the bus. Like, this is <laughs> we need to add people in the bus. We. Can we get can we get uh, AD uh, Beth Getz in the in the driver's seat or in the passenger seat when we get if it starts turning uh, <laughs> um, you know we'll see but the uh, I, I just this I, if you watch if you watch this game and you are not an Iowa fan and maybe even if you're a Michigan State fan I I'm not sure there's there's hope for you the bus should have a flat tire after last week's offense. Should I mean, I actually yeah, think that it's like wildly entertaining to watch Iowa try to score. Like, I, I think it's I the can't exact do opposite it, man. I Me neither. I can't. I can't watch it. It's. Um, I got better things to do. Yeah. Time. I don't. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the latest edition of Until Saturday. It's always a fun episode on Thursdays. We hype up for the week. Um, I'm super excited uh, to watch some games this weekend. You know, get some more context in this wonderful sport that seems to be driving towards a really exciting and and exciting and like terrifying playoff race, which will make this podcast awesome. Um, make sure that you are following the podcast or if you listen to your podcast. That way you'll be notified when new episodes are up. We always appreciate your five-star reviews and ratings. Hit the subscribe button on YouTube channel as well if you are watching it there. And if you're not, find the link in the show's description. Like, share, comment. Everything that you do to engage with the show helps its growth. And we appreciate that so much. Um, The next time we were talking to you live will be on Saturday night after the games. Um, Until then, for Dave, Sam, I'm Ari Wasserman. Thanks for listening to the latest edition of Until Saturday. Bring back a turnover chain.